So this afternoon and every day at this time, we're going to have a guided meditation. And during this week, the guided meditation will be in metta, loving-kindness. There might be some of you who haven't practiced loving-kindness yet, and it's helpful for me to know how many people have not practiced metta. If you wouldn't mind raising your hands, then I'd know just about how much to... Okay, so there's a few of you here. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, so I just want to give a little introduction to the metta practice, the loving-kindness practice. And every day we'll give a little bit of information about metta so that at the end of this retreat you will have had kind of a whole dharma talk on metta bit by bit through the week. We use the word metta, M-E-T-T-A, when we describe this practice. It's a Pali word. Pali is the ancient language that the teachings of the Buddha were uh, uh, transcribed from and uh, recorded from in, and that why we have the teachings today because of this ancient Pali language. And in Pali, that word uh, transcribes to friendliness or gentleness. And it's... uh, one of the ways we can describe how the heart feels when we incline our minds there to gentleness, to friendliness. Sometimes people like to use the word loving-kindness, actually, to describe this practice rather than metta. Metta has a far more depthful meaning, though, uh, when we just use the word in Pali, when we use the Pali language, one of the ways that we discover in the actual experience of metta is that it is a love without clinging, a love without attachment. Sometimes it's uh, felt as this kind of benevolence, that this willingness to benefit others through our friendliness, through our gentleness, It's the inclination of the heart to benefit. It's the inclination of the heart towards benevolence. And sometimes we like to use this word because it it kind of describes the fullness of it. That ability to give without any expectation of return. So this is a kind of unconditional love. You might say, uh, to put it more succinctly in English, it's unconditional love. It means we give our love without any conditions, simply to benefit the other, not to gain anything in return for ourselves, not even an acknowledgement, not even a thank you, not uh, for any self-return, but just for the the, uh, giving of it. It's... (coughs) often uh, understood in a bigger context, this metta practice. Metta is one of the four sublime emotions in, in Buddhist culture, in the Dharma, in the way of the truth. And these four are loving-kindness, uh, or metta. The second one is karuna, or uh, compassion. The third one is mudita, or sympathetic joy. And the last one is equanimity, 
or uh, that kind of spacious balance of the heart and the mind. Metta is the basis for all the other three. When you look at it closely and and actual uh, practice and feeling in the heart, you see that when the goodwill of the heart is established, the friendliness, the gentleness of the heart is established, then when it turns to suffering, what happens with that goodwill is that it opens to and the aspect of compassion comes out of that. So goodwill or metta that's turned to suffering actually translates into compassion. When you turn this goodwill towards happiness, the happiness that another is experiencing, then the aspect of sympathetic joy comes out of that. The joy that's able to be happy for the happiness of another. So when metta turns to joy, this aspect of mudita or sympathetic joy comes out of that. When goodwill turns to both the joy and the sorrow, which is how life is, joy and sorrow, pleasure and pain, this is the actual experience of the fullness of life, then we can develop equanimity, that fourth Brahma-vihara, which is called, Brahma-vihara means divine abode, which is uh, uh, equanimity, and it's felt in the heart as the ability to be spaciously open to whatever arises with a great deal of inner balance and calmness. So this basis that we're developing here, this basis of uh, friendliness, of gentleness, this open-heartedness, this ability to give without expecting anything in return, this is a very powerful basis that we begin to uh, incline the mind towards. The Buddha said that what one uh, reflects upon over and over again, to that one's mind will naturally incline. So what we reflect on over and over again is really important. If you just take a look at this day and yesterday, and maybe even just the past uh, hour, and you see what your own mind reflects upon, over and over again. I don't know about you, but when I saw that very clearly, I thought, this mind needs some training. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather use the words that we have in the phrases of metta than let the mind go where it goes to over and over again in its kind of default setting. It's gotten better over the years, I must admit, but... uh, there are still times when I prefer to use the metaphrases than to allow the mind to do its thing when it's faced with some difficulties in life. So these phrases, even though they may sound repetitive and boring and what, what am I doing this for, I hope that you will gain a trust in them because they're going to come in very, very handy when difficult situations arise in your life and you, rene- you need to be able to rely on something that you're used to, that you've trained the mind to reflect upon over and over again. So even if it's just uh, a, f- a feeling that you're memorizing these words now, let it be so because uh, they're going to come in handy, not just in this sitting and this in uh, your time here on retreat, but in your life. 
what we'll be using are some traditional phrases that are translated from the Pali into English in kind of some phraseology that we're used to using in our Western language. And uh, we'll use four phrases, and I'll encourage you to put them to memory, even if it's just one or two of them. Some of you have your own phrases already, and you can let my voice be in the background and use your own phrases. How many of you have your own phrases that you're used to using? Quite a few of you. Okay. So I'm going to be very careful about how much I, I have my voice in this so that I respect uh, your own need to keep up with your own phrases. So those of you who don't have your phrases yet, please put one or two to memory so that you can continue without having the reminder. And... Um, I'll also use some symbology because I found in all the years that I've been teaching metta that some people have a difficult time with words in, in phrases in doing the metta practice. How many of you have a challenge using the phrases or words? Okay, some of you do. So I'll give you some ways that you can use symbols that will represent that metta for you. And maybe these, these symbols or these pictures or these uh, visualizations will help you to do the metta practice and not feel that you're left out of doing them. We use uh, five individuals as we go through the practice, uh, starting from the most easy to the most difficult uh, person. So we start with oneself. Traditionally, that's where we begin in the metta practice but I'll also give you the choice to use the second uh, individual, which is a benefactor, if it's difficult to start with oneself, which can be for a lot of people. And from the second person, we'll go on to the third individual, which is a loved one or a good friend, a dear friend. I'll see whether we'll go into that today. I'm just going to gauge how much time we'll use with each one. Uh, So there's oneself, benefactor, dear friend. And then the fourth one is a neutral person. So we'll we'll probably start that in a day or two. And then the last one is a difficult person. So uh, this person is really someone we're having difficulty with. I, I don't like to put the that person, you know, with the name of difficult person, it's usually someone that we are having difficulty with. So really, the difficulty is within our own hearts. And that's something good to remember. So we're not just pinning a a name on that person. Um, So I I urge you to wait until we get to uh, that difficult person before you start with that difficult person. A lot of times people are anxious to get to that person right away. And uh, the reason why the Buddha put these in, in this kind of uh, format, uh, starting with the easiest person first, is so that we can develop strength with those who are easy. We can find our strength first and build that up before we go on to someone difficult. So um, allow me to guide you now in the practice, and then we'll, we'll see how far we can get. I'm just going to gauge what the energy is. 
maybe we'll just start with oneself benefactor and perhaps go on to dear friend now. So get a comfortable position for yourselves. It's hard to feel metta when you're not comfortable. So I'm glad somebody's taking a chair back there. Find those little places in your body, or there might be large areas where you're feeling some pain. And see if you can intentionally relax around those areas. During the practice, it's really important to be as still as you can be for the sake of your own practice and for the sake of those around you. But it's also important to be comfortable. So, for example, if you need to just move your leg, do so very quietly. So breathing in and out now from your heart center. Let's take a few moments to do that. So we're centered around our physical heart. In that area, it's said that, or the ancient ones have said that that's where actually the base of the mind is. It's actually around the physical heart area, but not right in the physical heart. When we use the word mind, it also means heart. There's only one word in Pali that means mind and heart, and that is citta. So they're interchangeably the same. Breathing in and out from that area. And take a few complete in-breaths quietly and a very complete out-breath. See if your shoulders can drop, (coughs) relaxing the muscles around your heart and your belly on each complete out-breath. And whenever you need to go back to the sense of this breath from your heart center, then you can do so. Traditionally, we begin with oneself in the practice. And if it's difficult or challenging, then begin with a benefactor, someone who has benefited you. And we'll go on to that one next. But you can start with that one now, if you wish. I'll use the words for oneself, and you can change them. Use the pronouns, change the pronouns for this benefactor. So with oneself, just have a sense of yourself sitting quietly here, What we're going to do is offer oneself loving-kindness. And we begin with remembering something about oneself that you can appreciate. Some quality that you know that you have, 
or maybe some remembrance of something virtuous quality that you feel grateful for, that once in a while or more often than not you can exhibit in your life kindness, friendliness, generosity, goodwill. Remember something or or someone that you love, some child or an elder, and then turn your attention to that feeling of love. So it's about the love in your heart, not about that person at this time. Let yourself relax into that understanding, that feeling. Remembering the goodness of your own heart. It's not always so easy to do this, so if it's challenging, let it be okay. And then offering and receiving the loving kindness that we're giving unconditionally to ourselves. I'll use some simple words. You can put a couple of these phrases to memory. See which one you attune to. We're using these words, but they represent something much more depthful. Allow them to represent that unconditional giving, that benevolence of loving kindness to yourselves. May I be safe and protected from all harm. Repeating that and sinking into the understanding of that, the intention. safe and protected. May I be peaceful and happy. Simple words with deep meaning. Peaceful and happy.
you can visualize a, a spring of pure water from your heart center. Bubbling up and pervading your whole body inwardly and outwardly. Representing this intention. Peaceful and happy. May I be healthy and strong of body. May my heart be at ease inwardly, no matter what's happening outwardly. May my heart be at ease. Use the phrases that are natural for you. May I be safe, peaceful and happy, healthy and strong. May my heart be at ease. Now find your own rhythm. See if you can stay on track.
If you forget where you are, just begin again. Remaining with oneself, if you choose to, or moving on to the next individual, a benefactor. Someone who has benefited you. This is someone you can easily offer loving kindness to in an unconditional way. It can be an elder or a younger person an animal friend. Have a sense of who you're choosing. Sometimes choosing a child can open your heart easily or an animal friend. And then remember something about this individual that helps to keep your heart open. Some virtuous quality or a remembrance of a situation of their generosity, their kindness, their connection with you. And from that place then offering your unconditional goodwill. Remember it's, it's simply an offering. We're not trying to make those phrases come true. 
Those phrases represent our goodwill. May you be safe and protected in all ways. Radiate and pervade that loving kindness towards this person. from your heart center. May you be peaceful and happy. Healthy and strong. May your heart be at ease, no matter what's happening. Find your own rhythm and your own way. safe and protected, peaceful and happy.
When the words are no more, you can rest your attention on the in and out at your heart center. Dropping the words. Allowing the in-breath to gather that intention and the out-breath to radiate out that loving-kindness towards that person. Quiet breath. Now moving on to the next individual, a dear friend or a family member, a loved one. Again, someone you know you can open your heart to easily. Have a sense of who it is you're choosing. And if you can, have a clear sense of that person visually or in a felt sense way. Sometimes it's helpful to, in your own mind, just say that person's name. The name carries their vibration in your heart. And then to connect with them even more closely, remember something about them that makes your heart happy. Something that you appreciate about this person.
can be very simple. Just their smile, their presence. And then making your unconditional offering of goodwill. May you be safe, peaceful and happy. May your heart be at ease. Use your own words, your own symbols. When the words don't come anymore, rest your attention at your heart center. Breathing in and out from there. In breath, gathering that intention of goodwill. Out breath, radiating it towards that person.
coming to a close now. Just resting your attention at your heart center. Now offering loving kindness to those immediately around you. The ones in front, to the side, the back of you, radiating goodwill. May you all be safe on your journeys. Enlarging that field to include everyone here in the room, if you can, if it feels safe. May all the beings here in this room be peaceful and happy. Enlarging further to include everyone at this retreat center, all of those who serve us with great love and joy. All of the human beings and the animal beings the creatures around. May you all be safe, healthy and strong. And then reaching out to include all of our family and friends, wherever they are. May your hearts be at ease, no matter what's happening. Can we include everyone else's family, though we don't know them? May all of the families represented here be safe and protected from all harm. And expanding out as far and wide as possible for you, may all beings in all directions without exception all those known and unknown seen and unseen in all the realms of existence. May all beings be happy. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be liberated. And from this place of expansion Let's connect now again to this very place where we're sitting, breathing in and out from our heart center. Feeling a sense of groundedness in our own bodies and hearts. May we dedicate the merit of our practice today, this beneficial energy,
to all of our loved ones, with all of our loved ones, with everyone here, with all beings, by the dedication of this merit, may all beings be liberated in all ways. just want to take a few minutes if you have any questions about your practice uh, how to do where you stumbled sometimes you need some help with everyone get a sense of their of their phrases what words you're going to use those who didn't have them I suppose that means yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you can work on that, you know, if you if you don't have them just yet, just when at a walking period you can really sit down and actually reflect on what are the phrases that are most useful for you and don't make them too complicated. Keep them as simple as you can. Sometimes when we get them a little too specific, it's easy to have attachment to the result. So, you know, we, we don't want to... I always use the example, even in just my energy, you know, if I'm thinking of one of my children and I'm using the phrase, may you be happy and peaceful, and I'll say somehow, may you please be happy and peaceful. You know? So, of course, that's for my benefit, right? When I'm saying it that way. So just, just being careful about your energy in, in how you put that phrase out or how you hold it. Or um, if you make it too specific, there can be attachment to results. So each one of these phrases are just an unconditional offering. They represent an offering of our love. Yes? Yeah. Because I'm having a lot of anxiety because I can't stop images from going into my head. Oh. I've, been, I've done a lot of retreats, but I haven't done one in two years. Uh-huh. And I have monkey total monkey mind. Uh-huh. And I can't, you know, it's like uh, the screen is pure Buddha nature and the movie projector is my head right now. Uh-huh. That's a good idea. That's very good. So use the phrases. And then when we have some personal time together, or, or are you going to be in a group tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, probably will, if you weren't in today. So we can talk about it more. But in the meantime, uh, use that to calm the mind and to develop some stability. That's fine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Working with strong emotions. And are they coming up in your metta practice or just? Uh, no, um, with, with, with walking and sitting. Oh, with walking and sitting. So uh, when they're coming up in our metta practice or in walking or in sitting, then one of the things you could do is to um, skillfully turn your attention someplace else. And what you can do is open your attention to hearing. Um, I know it's pretty quiet here in the hall, but sometimes you can, you can just open to the ambience of the hall. You can sometimes hear things from outside or a little bit of a, sometimes a kind of a, the buzz of the, the air coming in. Um, so open your attention to hearing and... Uh, you can note hearing, hearing. You want your attention to be very wide and receptive so that you're not trying to listen, but you're actually using the, the fact of hearing. It, just allow the sounds to come to you. So what this does is it gives a, a very wide berth to the, to the emotions that are there that can take up a lot of room. And you want to give it a lot of space. So if you do that, and then when you're outside and it happens, stop when you're walking. Just stop and turn your attention to hearing and just allow the sounds to be there. Hearing, hearing. Just allow them to take up that space. So it's not avoiding in this case. It's um, skillful means. So that's the first step, and then we'll see where you go from there. Okay. One last comment, question. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what I'm saying there, I I don't know if I'm understanding you correctly. So it's not uh, it's not offering to each one in the group. It's like just filling the whole area with metta. So you, you don't have to hit each person, really. So if, if that's still too fast for you, then stay with something really simple. Just stay with, continue to stay with that, maybe that small group that's just around you. Yeah. So you don't have to go that much. Find your rhythm, find your own pace. There's a lot of people here with a, little, a lot of different rhythms, so I'm counting on you to know what's best for yourselves. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for, for your practice, and I encourage you to try it in walking practice, too. Sometimes you have a, a different sense of metta when you do the walking practice, so see how it goes. Okay, so until tomorrow, thank you.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.